We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, joining me right now, Chris Biederman. And we are going to discuss whatever the heck happened to the 49ers at Levi Stadium on Christmas. That was weird. But before we do that, we got to talk about our sponsors. And you know them, you love them, the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles, Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. That's SGLambchops.com. Promo code Candlestick20 at that website gets you 20% off your order. You can also follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops. Um, Chris, you and I both connoisseurs of, of fine lamb chops clothing, whether it's <laughs> whether it's a hoodie or shorts, it's got zippered pockets or no zippered pockets, if it's the joggers, whatever it is, you and I are into it. Uh, I'd like to welcome uh, my dad to the lamb chops family. My mom for Christmas got my dad some lamb chop shorts, <laughs> got him some lamb chops sweatpants, so... so uh, dad, welcome, welcome to the lamb chops family. He is, what is, what does he think? Is he part of the lamb chops demographic? Yeah, everybody is. Okay. It's for the sure. whole family. <laughs> I can just imagine. Cause like He's fired up the dude, the, the sweatpants are so like they're heavy. They are not, you can wear them and you will be legitimate they're not those thin cheap sweatpants that you put on and it's like okay i'm wearing pants but like how how effective are these really they are like heavy duty nice sweatpants bro yeah no they're super comfortable i was just you know like if i bought my dad some something stylish like lamb chops i think he might look at me a little sideways like this i'm used to just those normal generic target brand sweatpants not something that looks this good that's this functional with the zippered pockets Right. Um, so just curious to hear about your dad's your dad's reaction. No, he's fired up. He's he's excited to be part of the team for sure. Um, Bryce in the in the YouTube chat, and we're streaming on YouTube, um, says yeah. he needs lamb chops to take over like Lululemon. To be honest, I uh, couldn't agree more. I'm I think, totally uh, there. I think we're. I think we could be on our way. We'll see. That's our goal. That's literally our goal. Could not could not agree more. Comfortable clothes, warm clothes, great for winter time. Um, shout out to our guys at Lamb Chops. The only way we get there is if everybody listening to this goes to sglamchops.com and uses that promo code candlestick 20 get 20% off your order. Get yourself a hoodie, t-shirt, shorts, joggers, whatever you want, sweatpants. They got the new Letterman-style jacket with the leather sleeves. It's sick as hell. 
Everything at sglambchops.com is dope. And that's the most important thing. Go to sglambchops.com today. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 to get 20% off your order and join the herd. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. I had a Cooper's beer last night at Christmas. It's a sick brag. Yeah. Is a a really sick brag. Yeah, thanks. That's my favorite part of the holiday. (laughs) Like everything gets done. I'm like, great. I'm going to drink beer with reckless abandon now. As one should on a holiday. That's not why we didn't record. We didn't record because the 49ers lost. It was just Christmas and we were not going to go go live after. uh, We're not going to go live on Christmas Day. Just out of respect for our. For our uh, producer Tyler and and everyone else, it, it was just you know we thought we'd take the night and sleep yeah. on it, reflect a little bit. And I already had to sit away from my family during the game while I was writing and doing stuff. So it's like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. then go upstairs for an hour and just totally disappear. <laughs> I love the idea that we were gonna podcast until the Niners lost, and then we we're just like, nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted that to be clear. I tweeted it out from the Candy Cron account on uh, X, formerly Twitter, and um, just let the people know that this was not this was not uh, a- happening as a result of the game. This was this was planned yeah. to not record. Uh, you can visit Cooperage Brewing in Santa Rosa. It is a terrific brewery to hang out at. Take the whole family. They won't serve beer to the whole family, like if you have little ones, but they can definitely hang out there. Bring a dog. Indoor seating, outdoor seating. Always a really good food truck. And great vibes and good beer. And if you find a beer you like, or maybe you can't make the trip up to Santa Rosa, you can go to cooperagebrewing.com, order yourself a case of beer. They'll deliver it right to your front door. You sign for it. You bring it inside. You drink the beer. It's it's the very best thing. Not having to leave your house to get 24 cans just dropped on your front doorstep is, is pretty dope. So go to cooperagebrewing.com and order your very good beer today. If you're a paleo person, if you're an IPA person, if you're a hazy person, if you're a wheat beer person, if you're a lager person, if you're a Pilsner person, um, they have everything. If you're a beer person, it's obviously it's obviously right up hey. your alley. So shout out to Cooperage for having a little bit of everything and all of it being good. Cooperage Brewing, the brewery for beer people. <laughs> We should see. We should see if they'll try that tagline. They throw it on just the Candlestick Chronicles cans if you want. The brewery (laughs) for beer people. (laughs) Unofficial tagline. All right, let's let's uh, Cooper'sBrewing.com. By the way, is a website where you can order your case of beer today. Let's dive into the 49ers. 33-19 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is gonna go. Touchdown! Bosa has got him, and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. So there needs to be something set up top here because there's there's two separate discussions, I think, that, that come out of a game like this where you have the number one seed in the AFC, the number one seed in the NFC, and the number one seed in the NFC came into the game as the more dominant team, and the number one team in the AFC came in and left the game as a more dominant team. The 49ers got smoked on Christmas night 
there's no like two ways about it. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no, there's no, oh, it was a fluky. And if this play and that play, like, no, man, they got waxed at home. Mm -hmm. And that's not like that. But at the same time, and then I'll let you go at the same time, the season's not over. We didn't learn that the 49ers are actually bad now. They had a they had a bad game. They got their asses kicked by a good team, and now they move forward. They can still very much win the Super Bowl. Right. The, the silver lining of of this game is is obviously better to happen now in December than a playoff game. Right. right. And and yeah. I don't know that there are necessarily lessons here to be learned from this game because I mean honestly the analysis of the game is pretty straightforward. Don't turn the ball over five times. Don't give the team, don't give a really good team, really good field position. Don't commit as many penalties as the 49ers had. It's not, it's not a complicated analysis. I don't think Brock Purdy's all of a sudden bad. Um, I think he had a bad game. I think the Ravens played an outstanding game, particularly defensively and offensively. They were good enough to take advantage of the 49ers mistakes. I think like there's going to, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Brock Purdy's MVP candidacy. I think we could probably put that to bed. Like Brock Purdy needed to play like he did in the Eagles game or the Cowboys game earlier in the season for him to sort of cement the MVP standing. You can't, you can't throw four picks in a game like that against a really good team while there's another MVP candidate on the other side of the field playing as well as Lamar Jackson did last night. But that aside, like Brock Purdy, the thing is, is like, you know, and this is probably a broader conversation, but the thing that the first thing that popped in my head was like, oh, is is the Niners system bad now? Do we only call Brock Purdy a system quarterback uh, (laughs) when he's playing well? And and to me, like last night, what underscored to me, like how well Brock Purdy was playing in throughout the rest of the season, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's you, you have to play at a high level against good teams to produce in the way that Brock Purdy was producing. It wasn't just a product of the system because it Mm -hmm. wasn't like the system was all of a sudden bad last night. It was like, oh, Brock Purdy's actually playing poorly. And there's a drastic difference between playing poorly and playing at a really high level, right? right? Which is what we saw leading up to last night and all the games basically except the Cleveland game and maybe uh, the Cincinnati game where you could make a similar case as to last night where he just threw a bunch of picks, right? But I don't know, man. Like the first interception, he's late in the red zone. You obviously cannot have that. Kyle Hamilton comes over and and picks off that pass over the middle of the field. The Ravens did a good job. Like Brock Purdy, Ted Ted Wen of of The Athletic spoke to Ravens players, and and I forget which one it was, but he made a good point that Brock Purdy is kind of a spot thrower. Like one of the reasons why he throws with such anticipation is that he's throwing to spots. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not necessarily throwing to receivers. Like he, I mean, he is throwing to receivers, obviously, but the reason he can throw with anticipation is because right. he's thrown to a spot. Um, the Ravens did a good job of of figuring out where those spots were and making yep. plays on the ball, and they made they made the best of their opportunities. And look, like the third interception, I thought the the second one was just a really good play by the cornerback. And mm-hmm. coming in, it was he, he was blitzing, and he obviously knew that if he was blitzing what Brock's going to do is fire that ball to Debo Samuel to take advantage of the defense blitzing. And he did a really good job of stopping and then jumping and batting the ball in the air. That's just a really good play by the Ravens. Um, The third one, which was Kyle Hamilton's second interception. Look, how many times have we seen Brock Purdy roll right and then throw to the middle of the field? And a lot of times this year, 
it's worked out for him. He's, yeah. you know, per- particularly in the red zone. It feels like it happens once a game where Brock pretty rolls to his right and then throws a ridiculous pass in the middle of the field. And you're like, oh, that's really risky, but it worked that time. Well, it right. didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> and and yeah. that's why that's why those plays are risky. And then the fourth one, Brock Purdy got hit as he threw it. Um, So like those, this is why the NFL is what it is. Like, this is why nobody goes undefeated. This is why, you know, like it's, it's such a competitive league. Anybody can beat anybody. And that's not to take anything away from the Ravens who have been an elite team all year and came in and really put it on the 49ers. But to your point, I don't think it says is the 49ers are bad now. I haven't I didn't really learn a whole lot more about Brock Purdy that I didn't already know. Like he's mm-hmm. he's put the ball in harm's way a lot and he's also gotten away with it at a pretty high clip. And it and it came back and and sort of regressed from you know that turnover regression that they talk about. Mm-hmm. Like that that felt like it, it regressed to the mean in a pretty big way last night. And yeah, like the the, the 49ers turned the ball over. All of the Ravens touchdown drives, um, they started at Baltimore's 47, the 49ers 44, and the 49ers nine yard line. So anytime the Ravens scored a touchdown, it came after they had great field position, right? And like we don't need to go all football guy and talk about how important no, field late. position is, but like to me, field position the game, and turnovers. The, the the game was close <laughs> at halftime, right? Like the game the, the 49ers were down 16 to 12 yeah. at halftime, but it felt like Lamar Jackson converting the third and 16 right before halftime leading yes. to that field goal. Yes. And then the 49ers not doing the lap that they talk about. I think the end of second quarter and start of third quarter sequence is huge for the 49ers. And if that doesn't go yep. their way, it, they have a hard time winning some of these games. And so you have Lamar Jackson converting that third and 16, turning that into three points. 49ers feel like, okay, if they write the ship and get a touchdown at the start of the third quarter, they take the lead and maybe potentially take control of the game despite Brock Purdy throwing three picks in the first half. Well, it turns out they go three and out and um, Willie Sneed has, I don't know what happened, but Willie Sneed, it looked like a good throw by Purdy. Sneed just didn't turn his head around or didn't get his hands up or I don't know what it was. It was was third day. Yeah. Like he didn't know the pass was going to him. Right. Yeah. They go three and out. Um, It's probably a ball he should have caught to extend that drive. And if the 40 and, and from then they punt, you have Mitch Wishnowski committing a dumb, uh, a dumb late hit penalty on the sideline that gives the Ravens really good field position. They only have to go 44 yards for a touchdown, I think. Yeah. So it was just like it it, felt- it's just a confluence of like all the football guy stuff, like turnovers, field position. It's and it and it's to me, it's not more complicated than that. Yeah, there's penalties, and Niners had 100 yards and penalties, including the one you mentioned on Wisnowski there. It felt like after that Wisnowski penalty, the 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 Ravens got the 39-yard completion to Gus Edwards, just a little dump off by, by Jackson, yeah. and he takes that down to the five. They score two plays later, and that was when it just kind of felt like the wheels came off because the Ravens did to the 49ers what the 49ers typically do to teams. And they got up by two scores with a really good defense and put you in a or put the 49ers in a one hand tied behind your back situation where, okay, you can run it if you want, but you're going to have to throw it here if you want to get back into this game. And when offenses become one dimensional, they get easier to defend. That is like the core philosophy of of what the 49ers want to do. And that's a style of game they typically play. And the Ravens did it to them last night. It's hard to play football that way. And after they went up 23 to 12, you get the interception where Purdy got hit as he throws the Ravens score one plays later, one play later. And that's the ball game. 
because 30 to 12, a 30 to 12 second half deficit against any team is tough, but especially against Baltimore, which is, which is right there is, is as good as San Francisco. I thought that even going into last night, um, that's just tough. And so that game got sideways. That's not to say that if the 49ers and Ravens play in the Super Bowl, the Ravens are going to beat them by two touchdowns. I don't think that's going to be the case because you said something really important at the top that I think needs to be is there's the there's the like Purdy analysis in a vacuum, right? It's like, Oh wow. Look, see, he's actually bad. That's the, the (laughs) take from people like, okay. That's a separate thing from, from the, the 49ers as a whole. And you said it at the top, you'd rather have, you don't love And I, and somebody, Mr. Barr, 1976, I think, uh, in the, in the chat said, uh, nothing wrong with the loss, but you shouldn't be getting smoked in December. No, I think that's, I think that's, that's not incorrect, but also if Brock Purdy was going to have a game where he is completely flummoxed by a defense and he's being forced to hold onto the ball a split second longer than he wants to, and he's throwing interceptions on, on balls that are typically there for him, you'd rather have that growing pain now and that learning process now than in the divisional round against the Rams or, yeah. uh, you know, against Philly again, like there's so, he's he's not he being Brock Purdy has not gotten a lot of those like hard lessons that that young quarterbacks typically get and he got one last night and it's not like I said I I, I'm with you I don't think any differently about Brock Purdy as a quarterback than I did um going into last night and I don't think that much differently about the 49ers (laughs) yeah they got they got kicked in the teeth in a in a game by a good team but and and I agree with you like they're, you know, I, I still think they are probably the best team in the NFC. Um, I still think that on their best day, they beat anybody, even the Ravens who on their best, that like the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens played really well last night. I on, on their best day, on their best day, I think the Niners still have the highest ceiling in the league just because of all, all the, all the different ways that they can beat you offensively. But to me, like the big, the big upshot of last night too is that now the one seed is just a little bit more difficult to get, right? Like we've, we've talked about the importance of the one seed all season. And now because they lost that game, they pretty much have no margin for error over the last two weeks. They have to beat Washington and they have to beat the Rams. Whereas if they were to win this game against Baltimore, there's a chance in week 18 against the Rams, they can sit their starters. They could get Mm -hmm. all, make sure all of their guys are as healthy as possible going into going into the playoffs with potentially two weeks off. And now that Rams game, not to look ahead, that's one week at a time, obviously, Kyle. Yeah, I don't but know not what to, you're, I mean, God, you're trying to lose not, Washington. Not to look ahead beyond Washington, but like that Rams game might be a real pain in the ass. Like Matthew Stafford is the really good. good. And the Rams are playing at, at a pretty high level right now. And to have to win that game week 18 with Trent Williams now dealing with a groin injury, with you know who knows what Eric Armstead's status is going to be they didn't have Juwan Jennings last night who was a pretty big loss from from an injury perspective not having him last night um your secondary is a little bit banged up Diamondor Lenore is dealing with ribs Ambry Thomas has a hamstring injury that caused him to leave the game so like I, I just you know like they they to me, the most important thing about these last three games was beating the Ravens, beating Washington, wrapping up the one seed. So you could give your key guys some time off, treat week 18 like a preseason game and make sure you go into the playoffs with that first round by and with all your guys as healthy as possible. 
And now you're going to have to strain to beat the Rams and you're already dealing with injuries and injuries have a way of sort of cascading and having this avalanche effect to where yeah. like, if you, you know, does, do you have guys playing hurt and do the, do the injuries get worse? Right. You have sure. like what happened with the offensive line last night, Trent Williams goes out and then Jalen Moore gets, goes out and then you have your third string left tackle Dude. who's your right tackle which means you have a backup <laughs> right tackle and this then you is... have a four string guard in there ben birch like it's just it, it's just a disaster from an injury standpoint and so now you have to play these last two games what well, you you really have to strain to win them and the 49ers should win them they're obviously better than washington and the rams but it's far less ideal than just beating the ravens right beating Washington and then having two weeks to get yourself ready and healthy for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their offensive line to close last night was Colton McKivitz at left tackle. Yikes. Ben Barch at left guard, Jake Brendel starting center at center, John Feliciano at right guard and Spencer Burford at right tackle a position. He hasn't played since college. So you had four, four and Colton McKivitz at left tackle. who's never played left tackle. Yeah. You have, you have four, not this year. We have four backups on your offensive line out of five spots. Yeah. To, to end last night's game. And we don't know how long Trent Williams is going to be out. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a multiple week injury for Trent. We'll see. I know he told reporters after the game that he thinks he'll be fine. I don't know whatever. Well, obviously, he's going to be fine. Like it's a groin injury. You didn't like <laughs> you're, you're, it's not a severed head, right? Like you're, right. you're probably going to be okay. Like, Great, right. Trent, thank you. <laughs> but, but like <laughs> your well-being, I'm sure you're going to be fine. It's a tweak groin, but it doesn't mean you can necessarily play football. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the the upshot. Obviously, like it did feel like after the first pick in particular, Brock Purdy lost a little bit of confidence. Like he, he was yeah. he lost a little bit of confidence. He was pressing, maybe trying to do too much, particularly on that on that throw across the middle of the field. Um, that that was Kyle Hamilton's second interception. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise the upshot for me is just like, man, the one seed is just that much more of a pain in the ass to get now. Yeah, man. Not, uh, I mean, like I said, sky's not falling, but that's a game they, they probably badly wanted to win. Yeah. And I mean, they, they didn't, that's tough. It was the first time, and we talked about it too, like going back to the Cleveland game and, and the Minnesota game and the Cincy mm-hmm. game, you could talk about injuries and really weird things happening in the Cleveland game and the the end of half blitz in Minnesota that led to a touchdown and a one score loss, right? Like kind of weird, like sort of, I don't want to say fluky, but like just, just weird factors that go into losing games. Mm-hmm. That game last night was like, no, you just got your ass kicked. You just did yeah. the things that you could not afford to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't think there was anything really fluky about it. The better team won. Um, and that's what happens in the league. And sometimes you get you get lucky with interceptions. Sometimes you get super unlucky. But ultimately, you just cannot give a team like Baltimore those types of opportunities, lucky or not, to have a short field and mm-hmm. you know allow them to extend drives with penalties. And so this is why, like field position super important like we talk about we we sort of joke about mitch wishnowski and how important he is but when he's yeah. downing kicks inside the 10 yard line the niners are a really hard team to beat yep but when the when the opponents with an mvp quarterback is getting the ball at midfield every time because of interceptions yeah. or because of penalties or because of short punts or whatever then that's that's a problem and it's hard to win those games and it's not just on brock purdy it's on everybody and 
like the crazy thing was going back to that end of second second quarter sequence and early in the third the Niners were right in it it was right there mm-hmm. they weren't yeah. it wasn't insurmountable and then all of a sudden the the Ravens score what 17 points in the third quarter and then it's like yeah okay, this is wrap. 17 points in the third quarter and two touchdowns less than four minutes in like that's <laughs> and Brock Purdy left with a shoulder injury that we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, his shoulder stinger. So Lisa Salter said on TV that he was cleared to go back in, but I'm guessing Kyle Shanahan was looking at his offensive line and looking at the fact that his quarterback has now exited two games in a row because of this shoulder stinger and went, nah. Well, that's what there let, was a let Sam the, Darnold deal with that. The broadcast caught a long conversation with with Brock Purdy and Shanahan, where Shanahan was the one doing all the talking. And, yeah. you know, me, me just trying to evaluate body language and, and doing a little lip reading. It sounded like Brock went to him and said, I think I'm OK. I think I can play. Yeah. And then Shanahan explained, like, no, our offensive line is really banged up. Like, we don't we don't want to put you in this scenario. This game's mostly over. Um, and, you know, we don't we don't want to have you behind four backups on the offensive line, including yeah. a guy, that, including that a guy sense. who's like on the practice squad. Yeah, no, it makes that that makes sense to me, man. I, I'm. I think they probably did the right thing. I thought Sam Darnold, for the most part, looked pretty good and showed why the Niners have him as a as a backup. Um, I want to real quick talk about Lamar Jackson, who was awesome last night. And <clears throat> short fields aside, I thought the Niners' defense had a really good game plan for him. And it was the Jalen Hurts one, right, where it's like stay in your rushing lanes, try and keep him in the pocket. But Lamar has this ridiculous ability to, and he did this a couple times last night where the pocket started to kind of collapse on him and he drops his eyes and like looks around in the pocket, finds a way out and then gets outside. And he's, I mean, a, such a good athlete that, that puts defenses in a bind immediately figuring out if you want to go get him or if, if you're going to stay in coverage and Lamar did a really, really nice job of creating explosive plays on plays that I, I think probably 28 other quarterbacks would have would have had turn into sacks. And when you have a quarterback that can do that, it's it's really, really tough to stop an offense, no matter how good your, your game plan is defensively. Yeah, I think the plays to me that encapsulated Lamar's night were obviously the third and 16 conversion where he just scrambled and, and was given way too much open space. And um, shouts to you with your prediction that Fred Warner would look bad in the open field. Um, yeah, boy, that once, didn't take long <laughs> via, via Lamar Jackson. Um, it was that play, and then after the the Wisnowski punt and late hit mm-hmm. um, to open the third quarter, finding Gus Edwards after sort of rolling out of the pocket, like what he does. If if you're like a defender and you're in space and you see Lamar leave the pocket. That's like the one of the worst situations to be in in all of football, right? You're like, do I tr- go try to tackle this super elusive quarterback or do mm-hmm. I stay back in coverage and the linebackers bite up because you got to go try to make a play on Lamar Jackson? And mm-hmm. then he just flips it to Gus Edwards for what, a 35 yard 39 game, yards, 39 yard gain, whatever that was. So like that, that to me encapsulated just what, what Lamar Jackson is. Like he's not the dude who's going to, just like make throws at the top of his drop every time, you know, three, five step drop timing, read the field. It's always like, it feels like it's sort of like, you know, peak Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson was playing at, at his highest Mm -hmm. levels, a lot of like backyard football. Yeah. Right. Um, And 
it's not to take anything away from Lamar. It's just extremely hard to defend when so much of what he's doing is unscripted, right? Like you just have to be able to adjust to him freelancing and he puts you in such a bind because of how much he can beat you with his mm -hmm. legs and how explosive yep. he is and difficult to, to tackle in the open field. Not to mention he's got a quick release and, and he can be pretty accurate, a pretty accurate thrower. Yep. But I'm with you, like the first half, Niners were were out gaining Baltimore. Like Baltimore wasn't really doing a whole lot when they weren't just giving the ball off turnovers, right? Yeah. It was, it, it felt like the 49ers would have been right where they wanted to be had they not gifted them, um, had they not, not gifted them, but not turned the ball over the, the way they were in committing the all 49ers, the 49ers in the first half were going at 8.6 yards per play. Yeah. That is a wild number. Yeah. They were, they were getting, they, they were able to move the ball. Yeah. It was just, it's not like, again, it's not complicated analysis. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give the team great field position every every time they get the ball. And you're going to give yourself a much better chance to win the game. And yep. that's just not what happened. Yeah, I, I don't. It, it, that's like if you want to turn this into a referendum on Brock Purdy or the 49ers or whatever, like. OK, I'm just I'm not <clears throat> I'm not there. And I get, I get that that's what's going to happen because the Cowboys got buried after the Niners smoked them, and then the Eagles got buried after the Niners smoked them. Like that's that's just kind of what happens on a on a week to week basis on a in a league where you know you react to one game for three days and then move on <laughs> to the next week. But like I said, it, the the offensive line, like big kind of big picture stuff that I think matters from this game is the offensive line injuries. And what do those look like going into next week, and and certainly into Week 18 against uh, against the Rams, and um, I think that's I think that's mostly I think that's mostly it. the core The question still remains if the 49ers can come back in a game. <laughs> They're 0 and through and trailing at halftime at all this season, which is not which is not yeah. super good. But um, I I, I don't. I said I, w I wish I was the like skies falling type of person. I'd probably make for a more interesting content. But I, yeah, I, th I, I mean they're okay as long as their offensive line is halfway intact. Not to be super cliche because we're talking about turnovers and field position too, but like it is a week to week no, league, whatever. one game at a time. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's gonna be a good. To that's gonna be a good key next week. One one play at a time. <laughs> <laughs> turnovers field position one play at a time um but i i just you know i just these, these these things happen i guess right like these it's just it's part of the league it's it's why we love the league it's mm -hmm. it's like every game is on the razor's edge and it feels like anybody can can beat anybody mm -hmm. and no matter what you think i mean it's why vegas cleans up right like we all we we have all these ideas of what we think is going to happen and all the information we have points us mm -hmm. to a certain direction and anything can happen in the league. And the 49ers have been, have been on the positive side of it for most of the season. And particularly in, in some of their biggest games, like the Eagles game, like the Seahawks games, like the Cowboys game, they've, they've mm -hmm. just been on that um, been on that side of it where they can just blow teams out. Mm -hmm. And then a few things go wrong. You don't play well. And then all of a sudden you're losing by 18 points to to the Ravens in the third quarter of the game. So it's just, yeah. 
it's why we love the league. Anything can happen. It's so difficult to win. It's so difficult to beat good teams. Like you, uh, you have hey, to appreciate. Go ahead. I've been workshopping this phrase. Yeah. You said anything can happen, and I've been workshopping this. Um, I'm not totally uh, refined on if this is what I want to go with, but I'm 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 trying this out. Any given Sunday. <laughs> Implying that any given Sunday, anything can happen. You know, any team can beat any team. I like that. That's really Thanks. good. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll forward with that one. Put it out into the uh, into the public lexicon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so sorry, I interrupted you to say a dumb thing. Keep no, going. no, no, you're you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, I just think like I I can't I can't be I can't do like the fluky interception thing. Like the Ravens deserve a ton of credit for for taking advantage of Brock Purdy, Purdy's mistakes in ways that other teams, frankly, haven't taken advantage of. Brock Purdy's made Look. that throw to George Kittle ten times this year, and sometimes it's gotten batted in the air, sometimes he's caught it, sometimes it's fallen harmlessly incomplete, and it got picked last night. Sometimes it got batted in the air, and Ronnie Bell caught it against the Giants for a first down. Right. I, it just. Exactly. It, 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 dude, here's here's the thing. I think I think there's an a natural like inclination to defend interceptions when when you feel the need to defend a quarterback. I think Josh Allen gets that a lot, especially publicly. Like Josh Allen's got people on the internet saying, actually, interceptions are good now. <laughs> so I think that's the inclination. But from from for for our perspective in in talking about the 49ers like whether the interceptions were quote unquote fluky or not for the quarterback doesn't really matter. I don't, right. the, the Ravens had a, had a really good defensive game plan and their defensive coordinator, Michael McDonald has been doing that all year. Like he's a, he's a good coordinator and they are a good fast defense with, we talked about it in our preview pod, Kyle Hamilton, the safety Patrick queen and Roquan Smith at linebacker. Like they have really good talent and athletes in the second and third levels. And, that's what the Niners have. That's why the Niners defense is so good. So I, I thought the Ravens did a really good job defensively to force the Niners into spots where they were liable to commit turnovers. If the 49ers and Ravens play again, I don't think the 49ers will turn it over five times. I think the game will go differently. But last night, the Ravens did everything right to put their defenders in, posi defenders in positions to make those plays. That's, that doesn't mean it's a referendum on Brock Purdy. It doesn't mean it's Ravens are are going to beat the 49ers again if they play in the Super Bowl. Like it's not any of that. It is they played a really good game on Christmas night. If those teams play 10 times, like it's probably they probably go like 5 and 5 against each other or 6 and 4 or something, right? Like it's not like the Ravens go 8 and 2 against the Niners if they were to play 10 times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's probably so, about five and five. They're both really good. It's what makes the NFL fun is that like, it's not a seven game series, but if it were, it would probably go six or seven at least. Yeah. So yeah. I, um, Hey, you know, you know what throw came to mind last night? Because I was kind of sitting there and it's like, these all, th these things all even out, right? For, mm -hmm. for every near interception that does get thrown, there's one that gets thrown that probably shouldn't have, you know? Right. Like for every one the defender drops, there's one that gets batted in the air right to a defender or something like that. The first throw that came to mind was the touchdown pass to Ayuk against the Jags. The rolling left and then throwing it back into the middle to Ayuk behind two defenders, and he just happened to sneak it over the two guys. 
because right. the one defender didn't know. It's like that should have been intercepted. <laughs> Instead, it goes for a touchdown. So that's what that was the first throw that came to mind last night when I was trying to go these these things kind of even out over the course. It of feels like he's done it to McCaffrey or or Debo. Like the I think it was a Cowboys game. Mm-hmm. He like rolled right and hit Debo in the middle of the field and it set up a touchdown. He's done it to McCaffrey too. Like, yeah, he's done it a bunch of times and that's why it's so risky. Like he's done it and it's worked. But it's always been like, man, you're not always going to get away with that. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. how, that's like just how it is. So, yeah, I mean, he's not the MVP. You just can't have a four interception game in that spot and still win MVP, particularly with Lamar Jackson on the other side. But you know what? Like he's a second year quarterback. Yep. I think that's the thing we we forget about the most is like we treat Brock Purdy like is he a top 10 guy like he's in these conversations with all these quarterbacks who are on their second contracts and who have been in the league for five six seven eight years right Purdy's a second year guy it was never going to be smooth sailing the whole way because if it was then Brock Purdy would be the best quarterback of all time from mm-hmm. a resume perspective if it was always just came in the league smooth sailing never had a bad game won the super bowl in his first full season as a starter like that's like tom brady stuff that's like what gets you in that conversation that's patrick mahomes type stuff right so like it was never going to be that it was never going to be smooth sailing the entire time there were going to be rough patches and now it's just can they overcome another rough patch can they overcome a loss in a big game and can they overcome injuries over the final two weeks of the season to get the one seed? Because as we've seen it, like, you know, the Niners could be better than any other team that they face, but it's still really hard to win in the playoffs mm-hmm. on the road. And the only time this team's been to the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan as head coach was when they had the one seed and they had two home playoff games. And they've never lost a home playoff game with, with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. So that's why that's why the one seed's so important. Mm-hmm. It's not to say they couldn't get there, but like you're seeing these injuries pile up and have to play a game in the first round and not have a bye, and then potentially have to go on the road for the NFC championship game. Yeah. It's just a lot more daunting since they, since they expanded the playoffs to seven teams, a conference and took, took the bye away from the two seed. And like, I disagree with it. I thought the playoff format was perfect with six teams and I get why the NFL did it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it makes the one seed way more important now than it used to be because it used to be teams are like, yeah, just, we just need a one or two seed. Top we'll two seed. Yep. Top two seed. That's Niners would care. be in a great spot if it was top two seeds right now. Yeah. I mean, I just think they, <sighs> it's not. So I now think they, they need, have to win I, their next two. <laughs> I, for everything I just said, like, I think they need the buy more than they need home field. Yeah. Yeah. The week off is, yeah, is the bigger key for sure. And especially if Trent Williams is going to be banged up down the stretch here, and they've they've already been dealing with with Spencer Burford in and out, and um, Brock Purdy's got this shoulder stinger thing that he hurt against Arizona, and then had aggravated last night. Not awesome. All right, the 49ers might have lost in Week 16, but the good news is, uh, so did I, <laughs> and I think and I think Chris, you did as well in Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's largest daily fantasy sports platform, and it is my new favorite way to consume sports. You can play along with us at prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use promo code candlestick 
For a first deposit match up to $100, that is prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Super easy. You pick two to six players. You pick more or less on their stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Unless you ride with me and Chris, in which case uh, you will not be watching the winnings roll in. <laughs> so I want to. I had a. I had a six entry, a six player entry here for the 49ers week 16 game against the Ravens. I had a Brandon Ayuk more than half a touchdown. That's a no. I had Debo Samuel more than half a touchdown. Also a no. Jake Moody more than one and a half field goals. That's a no. Gus Edwards, Ravens running back more than 59 and a half rushing yards. That's a big no. The Niners, the Niners rush defense actually did a, did a much better job than, than I thought they might. They adjusted nicely after getting Molly whopped on the ground by the Cardinals. Uh, but I did have Brock Purdy more than half an interception. I had, he hit more than that several times. And then I had Christian McCaffrey more than 59 and a half rushing yards. That felt like a layup. He finished the game with uh, 103 yards on the ground on his 14 carries. Really good game on the ground for him. But not a good game for me with my prize picks. Just two out of four. And uh, that's an L for your boy. Uh, I also had two out of four. Um, my decision to uh, only go with power plays continuing to not look great. But you know what? We're going to get it all back um, <laughs> at some point over these next two Scared weeks. Scared money don't make money, baby. Scared money does not make money. Maybe it'll happen You know, in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to hit one of these, maybe some demon picks, get some 100x multipliers on here. Yeah. Um, but I went Brandon Ayuk <laughs> more than 89 and a half receiving yards. He had 113. That's a big win for your boy. Uh, I also had Jake Moody more than one and a half field goals. He had one continues to just be a wildly disappointing third round pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went Debo Samuel more <clears throat> than uh half a touchdown and that did not, that did not hit. So, um, I believe I also had the uh, I had less than on the Gus Edwards number, which I did hit. You did. Yeah, you yeah. had less than 39 and a half rushing yards for Gus Edwards. Yeah, I had him right around 31, and that's exactly where he ended up. So <laughs> oh, so with your with your projection. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what my model was telling me. <laughs> <laughs> um 10,000 so, yeah. simulations. <laughs> so ah. um, yeah, but because I went with the uh with the power play, no. No winnings for your guy over here, but again, we're gonna lick our wounds. Next week. We're gonna we're gonna watch the film. Um, we're gonna take a hard look in the mirror, and we're gonna get back to it when the Niners go play the Durs. So shout out to Prize Picks, no doubt. Love Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com/slash/candlestick. Promo code Candlestick for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/slash/candlestick for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are, are dressing themselves in. Uh, maybe it's the... Maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's an ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that, and it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And 
It's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super yeah. stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. We also have kids, uh, kid sizes on here too. Yes, that and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, yes. We we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you, or a child, or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code Candlestick20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. Candlestick20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Shout out to them. We really appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high-quality clothing. Join the herd today. That's a good point, Bryce. Yeah, Bryce Herber in in the YouTube chat. Um, we're streaming live on YouTube. If you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, please do that. We're trying to grow the channel now. It help us out greatly. Also smash um, that Steve, thumbs up if you're in here. Uh, without fact checking this, but it feels right. Um, Bryce says, Steve Young, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, all didn't win a Super Bowl till year eight plus, right? Like that's, it's just hard to be a young quarterback and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You don't see it happen very well, often. But no, sure. That, that is a conversation though for January or February. I don't right. last night didn't change my mind on whether I think Brock Purdy and the 49ers can win the Super Bowl. No, absolutely. I'm just saying, like Brock Purdy, because of the way he's played and because of the way he's talked about as an MVP, the standard's been lifted probably to unreasonable levels to where, like, mm-hmm. oh, if he has a bad game, all of a sudden the sky is falling. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of a lot of pro a lot of teams would take the 49ers problems or would take like, well, our quarterback had one bad game and has been playing yeah. at an MVP level, you know, 90% of the season otherwise. It's because the people that that think that Brock Purdy is not good had a chance last night to cook on the internet. And it made last night seem way worse than it than it probably was. Right. And there was quote, t- there was there was a there was a real opportunity for the 49ers to score inside of three minutes last night and then kick it away with all three timeouts it, to, it, with down a touchdown. And that, <laughs> so I, we I might've had, we might've had to podcast last night. If Sam Darnold got the it, 49ers, it, it would have been game. full blown emergency <laughs> pod time. <laughs> no, I, uh, I also, I said something on the internet last night that got, I don't want to say taken out of context because it got taken in the right context i'm just bad at tweeting um (laughs) (laughs) i was reacting to the drive i forget when it even was i think it was late third quarter and it was all throws like behind the line of scrimmage and backwards it was all like throws to the boundaries like extended handoff type of stuff because they didn't have trent williams they couldn't run it so they were trying to get like extended run game stuff going and so in response to that drive, I said, like, Shanahan's hiding his quarterback, and this looks like the Jimmy G era. And I was reacting to that, not the whole game. And obviously, if somebody's looking at that anytime other than right then, they're going to think I'm talking about the whole game. Right. And that was my mistake. I was not talking about that. In case anybody's <laughs> listening to this, I hate listening to this because they think I'm an asshole. That's all. I was, I messed up on that. That's my fault. Flag on me. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> what he does, like, we talk about him being able to overcome protection issues a lot. Part mm-hmm. of the reason why he's able to overcome protection issues is because he has really good skill players who he can dial up screens to and throws behind the line of scrimmage to. Yeah. So like, that's, that's part of it. Like when you don't have Trent Williams and when you have four backups on your offensive line, that's against a really good defensive front, that that might be what you do. Um, so can I we talk about, can I, 
real Go quick, ahead. I want to respond to Mr. Barr at 1976 in the chat again. I don't think they were not ready to play last night. I thought they showed up for the most part. They, they just turned lost. the ball over and then the wheels came off. Yeah. Like last night, last night to, to me, the, the, the Bengals game was a like, Oh, these guys did not show up today. Like they just got smoked by a way worse team, not a way worse team. They were, they were good at that time, but that smoked by a worse team. Last night was just, they came ready to play. They were up five, nothing. They got a freaking safety and they drove down the field on the first drive and threw a pick and they were down a, Four points at halftime, math. They were at four. <laughs> like I don't. I I didn't. I, I personally, and and if you believe this, that's fine. I just I personally didn't watch last night and go, oh, these guys weren't ready to go. I didn't. I didn't get that. Yeah. Get that sense at all. Yeah, things can avalanche pretty quickly. Can Can we talk about Jason Verrett? Yeah, please. It was it was in my notes to talk about that last. Kyle Shanahan today in his conference call with reporters was asked again about Jason Verrett and. He said they were kind of experimenting because he, yeah, he alluded to the idea that there were specific routes that specific receivers for the Ravens run out of specific pack- packages, and they liked Jason Verrett in those certain scenarios, um, and they were only going to give him four to eight snaps. I think he got in for the first time in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all the way out on experimenting this late in the season with something like that, particularly when your defense has been good. Right. Well, like I, this is not ahead. a knock on Jason Verrett. Like he's been a really good player when he's been healthy. He's mm-hmm. always been hurt. And I understand why the 49ers are in love with Jason Verrett and give him chance after chance, because he is like a very high level player when he's healthy and he's like super professional and hardworking and everything you'd want in a guy from like a culture perspective. I'm just out on the idea of like experimenting this late in the season with something like that in a huge game like you this isn't time to experiment the time to experiment would be like winning these two games and then see if jason verrett can play week 18 against the rams and see Mm -hmm. if you have something there before you before you you know get to the playoffs like this is not what when you have actual stuff on the line this is just not the time to experiment and we've seen at like and again it's not a knock on jason verrett but every single time they try they they try something with him with the exception of 2020, which is the aberration when he played at a Pro Bowl level for like the entire season. <laughs> the year nobody else could stay healthy, but Jason Verrett was dialed. Right. Like it just hasn't worked. He's gotten hurt. No, I I, I agree with you in theory, like a hundred percent in the, the process is bad here. But Shanahan said that the goal was to get him four to eight plays. When he first said four to eight, I thought he said 48. Yeah, and he's like he ended up getting five. I was like, wait, what? What the? And so, and then it connected in my brain. He said four to eight. Um, so they said to get him four to eight plays. That wasn't the reason they lost. And four to eight plays no. was not going to be the difference in that game. And and I'm guessing if things had gone differently, they they would have pulled the plug on that idea. Yeah, but I'm not like, saying it's like, the reason they lost at all. I'm just yeah, like, but I get I, just I get the idea on the process. I just, yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's a time to experiment. Yeah, I, I'm experiment uh, experiment unless, against unless, the Cardinals. Like, don't do it against I, the Ravens. Un, unless Verrett has just been lights out in practice, and they thought, hey, there's a chance to improve the secondary right before the playoffs. I I, I get it a, a little bit, I guess, but um, no, I'm with know. you. That's a that's a weird I, thing to do in week 17, 16. Yeah, 
yeah i just um and that like and i'm i'm this is confirming some priors on my part so i don't i, I want to make that clear too but like the if jimmy ward thing confirmation bias more than you the jimmy ward thing and the fact that like kyle shanahan basically demoted him last year and moving him to nickel and away from free safety i always felt like gibson was going to be exposed at some point and last night particularly the the pass interference sequence and then the face mask sequence on back-to-back snaps like and holding on that snap with the face mask as well three penalties in two plays is hard to do <laughs> i just well i think one of them was on ward but i i i've if you've listened to this podcast dating back to the summer and even when the 49ers, I think in the off season when the 49ers made it clear that Jimmy Ward wasn't coming back. I've just always thought that was a really weird handling of a guy that they, that was like a team captain that had earned a lot of equity in that building. And if he's there and you have issues at nickel, he does provide depth and versatility in a way that, mm-hmm. that Gibson doesn't. Um, and I think he's just a much better player than Tayshawn Gibson. And I know the money yeah. is what it is, but the 49ers also were able to clear $40 million in cap space this year. So they definitely could have brought back Jimmy Ward. That's um, I just, weird I, thing, man. the, they're, they're just a couple, like for as good as they've been team building. And this isn't to say, I think, you know, John Lynch, Adam Peters and Kyle Shannon aren't any good. Obviously mm-hmm. they have the best if or one of if not the best rosters in the nfl but there are just some decisions on the margins like experimenting with jason verrett in december just really weird Mm -hmm. not bringing back jimmy ward who to me is a clearly better player than tayshawn gibson and a more versatile player Mm -hmm. given all the injuries you're dealing with which is kind of tied into jason verrett right Mm -hmm. the fact that he's playing in the slot now where jimmy ward used to play i I just think that's that's something and again confirming my priors revisionist history all of that being said like this is something that I thought was a problem at the time and mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see here over these last few weeks if it's something that really comes to bite them in a significant way. Yeah, I mean it it definitely could. Hey, JR Brown's been fine but he's also missed a ton of tackles and Tayshon Gibson really struggled last night. Um no, I'm I'm with you for the most part on on that. Uh, Lori Matthews in our in our YouTube chat asked why no Sammy Womack because they only dressed five defensive backs and Sammy Womack was the odd man out, so Jason Verrett could get his five snaps. <laughs> and it, like, and it's not like Verrett's helping you on special teams, so you're yeah. like kind of burning a roster spot. Yeah. When and then you end up dealing with like offensive line injuries, right? And then yeah. you're. You know, you don't you have less depth there potentially because you need to dress Jason Verrett instead of like I just I don't um yeah, no, the more the more we talk about this, the weirder it is. Yeah. Uh, Jason Verrett gonna save the season? Yes or no? I'm leaning six nine nine thirteen twenty. <laughs> and no, again, I, I, this yeah, isn't no, meant was, to knock Jason Verrett. But, it's just like you can't all... be bringing dudes off the street with injury history and been like, "Yeah, we're going to experiment with this in the biggest game of the season in late December." That's just not something that makes much sense to me. Yeah, and again, just ensuring if anybody's jumping in the middle of this is not why the Niners lost. That had it's just a separate, it's separate a weird conversation. It's a weird decision-making process. Strange, strange, strange. Very strange. 
It's like it's like they he wouldn't sign to the practice squad unless they guaranteed that he'd be like active or something. I don't know. Like I get it, maybe he can provide you an upgrade, but like do it against the Cardinals or Washington. I actually, or... I actually disagree that Kyle Shanahan got out coached last night. I didn't think I didn't think there was like any egregious bad play calls. At least not that that led to the loss. I just didn't think Brock Purdy was very good. Yeah. I agree. I mean that that's again the last night the difference between last night and the rest of the season talk about like Brock Purdy's a system quarterback like the system was the same it just goes to show that you have to play at a really high level to win games it's not just like yeah. it's not easy to win games and play at a high level it's mm-hmm. why like the 9.9 yards per attempt would be like the highest number since the merger Right. Like you have to play at a really high level to achieve those numbers. Like you can have a great system, but you still have to play at a really high level, which Brock Purdy was. And that's the difference between leading up to last night and last night. Mm-hmm. The system's not going to carry a quarterback, which is why the system quarterback thing is super flawed. It's it, you, you can't make that argument and then say, cause you know, like the system all of a sudden wasn't bad last night. It's the same system he's been running all year. He just mm-hmm. played poorly. So it goes to show yeah. like he was actually playing at a really high level, which is proves <laughs> it's proven itself in big games. The exceptional yeah. last night. Um, Brian Navarro asks, worried about a potential Super Bowl matchup or not? Yeah, no, a- anomaly to me. I think it'd be I think it would be close and the Ravens could definitely win if they played in the Super Bowl. But I, I don't think that they go win by two touchdowns again. I think you get a little bit of an edge knowing that the Ravens came to your building and kicked your ass in December. And then if you were to get them again, I think that would be beneficial. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Yeah. And I'm not basing that off like that. That to me is just sort of, I don't know, intangible human nature. Don't really have data to back it up, but just the feeling like (laughs) if the Niners were to face the Ravens in the Super Bowl, should they even get there? Um, (laughs) Right. I do think losing on your home field gives you a little bit more of an edge rather than, you know, not saying the Ravens would be overconfident, but at the 49ers won by three touchdowns, it, it's almost a little bit dangerous, more dangerous to play that team that you already beat. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I just, I, I, it wasn't good. It's not like, yeah, Hey, awesome loss for the Niners, but it's I'm also not going to pull the plug on their season. Despite what you might've said in the group chat, despite what I might've said in the group chat. <laughs> during the game, <laughs> we should do, should we do like, if we, I don't know if we'll ever do this. Um, if we ever did a Patreon, we mm-hmm. should like, and people pay to like participate in the Patreon. We should like release screenshots. <laughs> No, nah, because if I if I was doing if I was no because I lean into the bit more now. No, I know, I, I know. It's not. I think anybody willing to pay for it would understand what the bit was. But I think right. it would be funny. Um, I'm trying to remember what I even said last night. <laughs> um, this is good podcasting. As I go through, <laughs> as I scroll through our text messages, something about somebody stinking or. No. Uh, I probably said Brock Purdy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> you had a good like Steph that... Curry. St- you you had a good Steph Curry stinks earlier in the day. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, I unloaded the chop on Steph during the <laughs> Warriors Nuggets game. 
Ah. Oh, yeah. man. So. Oh, got a good. Oh, I forgot. Not we to, got a not good, to throw, it, not got to throw you under the bus. But. Sacramento Kings PR team slander in here. I'm joking. We didn't do that. <laughs> um, no, the the Kings, If it, it, long story short, uh, the Kings the other night after, after they got smoked by the Celtics, the Kings sent to the podium a player named Keon Ellis, who's like a two-way guard, who had a really nice game, but the Kings got crushed by the Celtics, and they sent one guy to the podium, and it was their two-way backup point guard. And so we were joking that the Niners should send, like, Chris Conley to the podium. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. I got nothing else. Yeah. Got their ass um, kicked. They're Niners. probably still the best team in the NFC. They should probably still go to the Super Bowl. It's just going to be harder to get the one seed, though. Like, substantially yep. harder, particularly no if Trent Williams is hurt. Yeah. Which would have been the case had they won and Trent Williams got hurt. Yeah. Yep. And Aaron Banks. Yeah, and man. Armstead. If Colton McKivitz and Spencer Burford are their two tackles again at any point this year, I don't like their chances. They need Trent Williams. They need Trent Williams pretty bad. Trent Williams MVP stock up. Yeah, I would think so. Me too. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get out of here. Yep. Thanks Enjoy, for hanging out, everybody. Uh, enjoy your after Christmas shopping. Yeah, I got a, I got a record player, so I'm going to go buy some vinyls. That a boy. We love that for Big you. vinyl guy. Yeah, for sure. We got some. Uh, we got some in the house here, too. I'm going to play some vinyls and drink some craft beer. I am peaking. Love that. Sounds like a great Tuesday. <laughs> I will be uh, getting ready for this King's road trip. But oh, Party on, buddy. Party on. All right, guys. All right. Subscribe. subscribe. Yep. You do it. You go ahead. No, you do it. Hey, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're streaming on here right now. We got a bunch of people in the chat um, having good conversation. Uh, give us give us a like button. Give us a notification bell. Um all of those things help us grow the channel. Obviously, if you're listening on the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Cross-promotion, cross-platform, all of those things. We're also streaming on X, formerly Twitter. Um, so give the Candle Cron uh, account a follow. No stick, no ickles. Just Candle Cron on X, formerly Twitter. Shout out to the No Stick, No Ickles gang. You know who you, know who you are. And uh, we will talk to you guys later in the week to preview the 49ers trip to play the Durs in DC on Sunday. Goodbye, everybody.